All right, welcome back to episode nine on Through Our Lens. My name is Kimberly Nava Eggett. I'm the digital lead teacher at Claxton Elementary in Asheville, North Carolina. And I'm also a doctoral candidate at Appalachian State University. And I am with Rebecca Burry. And I'm a digital teaching and learning coach in Arendelle State School Schools and a doctoral candidate along with Kimberly. Um, I love being able to say doctoral candidate like that just sounds like fancy like right we like we hit the up. fancy button <laughs> until you and, get to say doctor yeah so speaking of we have dr patrick o'shea with us who is our dissertation chair and gets to uh lead us on our path and so we're excited to have him on today to talk about you know, why did he decide to take on a co-dissertation and a couple of uh, instructional tech facilitators on this journey? And um, so, yeah, I'd like to just open up the floor to first thank you for your time and also um, to introduce a little bit about what you do and, um, yeah, as our right. chair and just as your day job. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I appreciate you uh, having me on. Uh, I um, I have been re listening to your podcast uh, kind of religiously just to make sure I'm up to date on the current events and <laughs> the current developments and see if you're bad mouthing me. Behind, Understood. You know. <laughs> uh, no, I am a, uh, I am a professor of instructional technology at Appalachian State. I've been there for a little bit more than a decade now. Um, I'm also the program director for the Ed Media program, uh, which is a master's slash certificate program. Uh, has a couple of different concentrations there. And I also teach in the doctoral program. And unpacking what made me take you guys on and like do this, that's a much bigger conversation. Like, I'm happy to uh, dive into that. But you know, that's, that's, a, that's a big question to ask that kind of gets Ooh. into my background with my doctorate and my general philosophy towards education. Hmm. <laughs> and now when you ask, I'm like, what was it? Like I know, like yeah, I feel like you're living leaving us in a cliffhanger. I feel like we we do need to know a little bit about. Well, like, isn't this where the ad break goes in the podcast? Like you, you have... <laughs> <laughs> We're not uh, sponsored by anyone, are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I would love to be sponsored by Red Bull because you guys know <laughs> what keeps this doctoral candidate going is <laughs> so, uh, uh, okay, well, let me let me just give you the lowdown, and I can tell you a little bit about my, my background. Um, but it, the Cliff Notes version of what made me interested in working with the two of you is uh, well. First of all, I know both of you. I've known both of you for a while. I think you're both top-notch academics, top-notch students, and so it's exciting to me to work with that kind of a person. Uh, but also, I I tend to like to rock the boat a little bit. And I think that uh, this was a perfect opportunity for us to, to shake up the system a little bit and see what falls out on the other side. And the reason for that is uh, th this goes back to my own, uh, like my own uh, graduate studies. I got my, I got all three of my degrees from Old Dominion University in Norfolk, Virginia. And I was an undergraduate history major. I had planned on becoming a history teacher. If all things had gone as planned, I would be in like year 25 of my teaching right now or something like that. <laughs> and probably more than that. Holy cow. I keep forgetting how old I am. But yeah. <laughs> um, but in one of my first education classes, I had, it was one of these huge foundations classes back in the day, like this was uh, uh, like early to mid nineties where online learning wasn't a thing. And so if you were gonna take one of those big mammoth foundations classes, it was 200 students in an auditorium. And the professor of that class is a guy named Dwight Allen. And he would eventually become my mentor. And he was the chair of my dissertation committee. And you know, it, it's very easy to feel anonymous in a class like that. And I remember uh, showing up 
And the, he had like he had a graduate student that worked and he organized everybody in the class into groups and you had to sit with your group members in uh, particular sections of the class. And so I just happened to be in a fairly low group number sitting like two or thir three rows back from the stage. And I, I was 22, 23 years old at the time, you know, uh, you know, eight o'clock class in the morning, it was not conducive to young Patrick. <laughs> But I would show up and I would like sit down in the class and my class, my seat was right on the, the, um, the, uh, the aisle. So he would go through his lecture and he was one of these very dynamic speakers. He would sit up there and just talk at you for an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. And I remember very distinctly, he was still finishing his lecture and students were starting to pack up and he walked directly from the stage to me. And as I got up, he asked me, would you be able to come into my office? And it was a Tuesday, Thursday class. And I had another class right after, so I couldn't go. But I said, I can't go now, but I can come on Tuesday after the class. And he says, sure, no problem. And he puts, takes out his notebook because that's how he kept a calendar at that time. He writes my name in his calendar and then just walks off. And of course, an undergraduate who's approached like that from a professor, I'm thinking, holy cow, what did I do? Mm -hmm. So I turned to my group mates and I'm like, did I nod off in class? Like what happened? Why am I, why did he come to me? They're like, I don't know, he just, he, did, he came to you. And uh, so the entire weekend I'm thinking like, what did I like? I, I was a worrier back in the day and like he would say. Well, I, I have I, anxiety listening. I'm like, how did you even wait? I, I would have been like, cancel second class. I gotta know like, yeah. 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 Um, but I did, maybe I wasn't smart enough to actually do that. Um, so I go after class on Tuesday and he just asked me, Hey, do you play racquetball? And I said, I've never played racquetball in my life. I played tennis before, but I've never played racquetball. He's like, great. We're going to go play racquetball sometime. And we became great friends. Like it just became a thing. Like I would hang out with him and it, it, one thing led to another. He became not only a friend, but a, a mentor. And eventually I went in and got my master's at Old Dominion. And I, 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 like, I was one of those students just kind of rolled straight through. Like, I, took, I did take a year off between my undergrad and my master's to try to go overseas. I, I went to China to teach for a year and that ended up being uh, truncated. I ended up having to come back early, mm. but after that, I go, I roll right into my master's. I work as his graduate student. His office was on one side of the hall. My office was on the other side of the hall. I was now the guy in charge of that 200 uh, person class. And then I just kind of rolled right into my doctoral program. But the, the, the point of this whole story is not that, but it was the, the relationship and his his uh, approach to education was very student-centered, almost to a, a detrimental stage where like, I, I came to him in like 1995 and I said, hey, you know, there's this new thing called the internet. Instead of giving our tests on Scantron sheets, why don't we give them to the internet? And he says, sounds great, make it happen. And I was like, I'm a, I'm a history major. I don't know what, a, what this is. What, what a, he was like, nope, it's done now. I mean, I'm invested in the idea, but you have to make it happen. So I had <laughs> learned database programming and web design, and we ran our own server in the office. And I created one of the first online testing protocols at Old Dominion. It was called Telequiz at that time. Oh, my uh, goodness. All of my all, all of the other graduate students called it Frankenstein because I was the only one who could tame it <laughs> and make it work. Um, so yeah, the, the, it was that kind of thing where he would just be like, "Listen, you try something. If it works, great. If it doesn't, I've got your back." And so it became that kind of thing over and over and over again. And if you're put in that position often enough as a student, you start seeing the benefits of that control because there were a lot of things that that could have gone completely pear-shaped that i was responsible for quote unquote but he, he was the one on the hook and if things went well i was the one who got credit if things went poorly he brushed it off and said not everything works and we're going to mm -hmm. move forward 
And so it led me through my doctoral program. It led me to be a very like, like envelope pushing kind of person to the point where my dissertation, I, I remember vividly sitting in a meeting and someone came in and they had seen a presentation, a doctoral defense and said, that's the greatest defense I've ever seen. The, the presentation was so dynamic and everything like that. This was early days of PowerPoint even. And I said, oh, we're going to do something different than that. Like, that's not like, I, I'm, I'm not going to be happy with just a PowerPoint. And so I negotiated with, uh, with Dwight and Old Dominion to have my dissertation be an interactive CD-ROM that other people could, you know, use my data and test their own hypotheses and, you know, run their own analysis on the data, on the disk. Um, and so I created that. And of course, cool. well... Yeah, of course, it, it sounds cool because my presentation was just demonstrating the disk and showing like what I found when I ran the data and all this stuff. And uh, it got to the point where the, like it goes through all of the other levels and everybody at ODU had agreed to it, but I don't think they knew what they had agreed to because when I went to just like turn it in, they're like, well, what is this? And they were, <laughs> I said, that's my dissertation. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the exact question they had. How do you bind this? And I said, well, that's not really my problem. I did what I was told to do. <laughs> and they said, no, we're gonna need something to bind. Like we have to be able to bind something. So I ended up having to print out all of my, uh, all of my chapters that had been formatted for this disc. I had to print it all out. And that was the appendix to my dissertation. <laughs> so my dissertation was a CD-ROM with the entirety of my dissertation as an appendix on paper. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. I never knew this story. All of this yeah. makes sense now. Like yeah. it makes so much sense. So yes. when you so when you guys came to me and we're like, yeah, we're interested in pushing the boundaries, I'm totally in. Like, <laughs> you know, say no more. I'm on. Yeah. I'm on board. That is a crucial backstory that, you know, it's funny because you said that you're interested if it has to do with like rocking the boat and it's the way I approached this didn't feel like that. It was like, Hmm, I just want to try something cause it makes sense. But I didn't think of it because I have no concept really of what doctoral students are really supposed to, supposed to, I'm doing air quotes to do. Right. I just was, I think Rebecca and I, came at it not thinking that we were rocking the boat we just thought oh well, we're the first ones doing it that's cool but we didn't think of it okay. as like yeah. rocking a boat well, so that's kind of funny well trailblazers like the 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 context that i have that you're missing as of right now is i understand how like tradition bound institutions can be about these things mm -hmm. and anything that isn't the traditional five chapter dissertation is always a struggle like when you first start it and I think there's too much benefit to doing things differently than or actually let me let me phrase that different because one of my favorite quotes about technology is by a guy named David Thornburg and his his quote was use technology to do different things not things differently hmm. and what that all boils down to is like we can always use technology like a a, a, a a smart board can just be another whiteboard which was just another chalkboard you're just doing the same things you've always done differently but where we really start seeing growth is when we do use these tools to do different things we weren't able to do before and so that's the that's the ethos i'm trying to embed a little bit in the doctoral program mm -hmm. by saying no we don't have to do five chapter dissertations we can push the boundaries a little bit and it can be done successfully and to a high, a high quality, which is one of the reasons that Vaishal and I, when we talked about this, we thought of you two because it, 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 the idea of working together for a dissertation is, it's a daunting thing. Like it's, it's not an easy task, but we already knew that you had that pre-existing strong relationship that if that, but, but if that friendship, if that, that collegiality had been the only thing and hadn't been married to a, also a high academic potential, mm -hmm. then I don't think we would have pushed the boundaries with this either. It's, it, it has to be a marriage of people who really work well together and do great work. And you 
just happened to come along at the exact right time and fit the exact right bill for that. Yeah, and what was funny is I never realized how traditional dissertations were until, mm -hmm. you know, Kimberly and I had talked about it. I'm like, why wouldn't we work together? Like, we work with teams all the time, like innovative, like K-12 is like, find something innovative, do it, be different, stand mm -hmm. out, you know, and then I started listening into some dissertations and I was like, oh, that, oh, and, you know, mm -hmm. and it's not even just us working together, we chose to do three articles and the whole reason we did that is because we knew that we wanted our degree to springboard towards, you know, some career choices that we can make. And, yeah. you know, so it was like, hi, we'd like to work together and we'd like to do articles and, you know, and, you know, after I started listening to them and then we started doing our prospectus and all the different things, I was like, wow, higher ed's way different than K-12 because K-12 is like stand out be in the spotlight and mm -hmm. higher ed is like fallen ranks. We're, we've been doing it like this. And I mean, I know there's reasons for that and, you know, and I get that, but um, I was just, you know, flattered to the point where, you know, it, it was like, you know, we were selected or that you guys thought highly of us to even ask, like, would you like to work together? And, you know, Kimberly and I, we started our concentration part and we were like we're going to be the first in this new concentration <laughs> and then of course I'm like and we're women and you know it was like because we told each other we had made this kind of like a pact without saying it's a pact but we were like we're going to take the same classes we're going to graduate together and then I'm like we actually are like because we're, we, like, we took it way yeah. seriously didn't we <laughs> yeah we were like we're doing this <laughs> but, um, but, you know, the part of like the meaning of this is how is the collaboration piece. I mean, it's, it, it would not be the same with someone different because like you said, it has to be the right mix. Like mm -hmm. it can't, it can't be any other way because it, it gets to the creepy point where I think something, but I look in like our drive and I'm like, <laughs> it's already there. Like, yeah. Like today I went in to do interview questions. I'm like, I need to set up, oh, it's already there. I was like, that's cool. Kimberly's been in here this week. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it's one of those things where, like you said, it's gotta be a good mix, but yeah. you know, I'm, I'm one of those like late to the game. Like I do things, but then I don't realize them until later. Hence the whole, Hey, I'm a feminist. And everybody's like, we already knew that. Um, but I, I never knew I was drawn to STEM so much, but it's because I like to learn the rules and then I like to bend them. So, you know, I like to learn the rules of the game and go, well, why does it have to be that way? Isn't there another way that could be better? Let's try that way. So, mm -hmm. you know, that, that part is just, it's like, why not? So, you know, now that you've shared your story, I'm like, now I see it. <laughs> Especially the piece where you talk about how, the university then expected something because it wasn't even though they agreed yeah they still needed a thing a different thing and i totally see how your experience is coming over as a chair to us because you're you have had us write out very clearly what you you keep keep talking about deliverables what that looks like and then very clearly what is that like gonna look like and what's the agreed upon essentially contract between me and rebecca because you don't want us to have that kind of surprise. Yeah. Well, it's not even that I, like I didn't that. have any questions. I didn't have any questions about the two of you coming to agreement. I had sure. concerns that App State would like, like I would hate for you to go through all of the process and do this dissertation and then them come back and be like, oh no, you need to break it in two and have two different divisions. Right. Like, none of that, that doesn't serve anybody very well. And that's why I was very attuned to this idea of like, okay, we'll do whatever it takes to make sure that the graduate school and the doctoral program are on board with the end product mm -hmm. from the get-go. Like that, that was it. That was the starting point for me. I needed to make sure that they were going to be happy with, and, and everybody understood what was happening. Mm -hmm. Which I, I mean, I greatly appreciate that because you have that insight that is needed for for us as we're kind of trying to navigate that for sure 
well, this is, it comes from a lot of those, those initiatives where I was just kind of told, yeah, go and do it. Make, like make a mess. Uh, Dwight's philosophy was ready, fire, aim. And I've kind of <laughs> taken that same philosophy a little bit of just start doing stuff. And, you know, you, 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 you adjust as you're doing things rather than try to think of everything's got to be planned first and move forward. That's like you did make sure that we didn't do. Yeah. Oh, so go ahead. Well, I was like, that's like a little therapy because we're planners. We're type A plus people. Um, Listen, I've seen the, I've seen the timeline. I've seen the, the... And then it, but it's helpful. It's editable. Yeah, it is. You can edit it, but it's helpful to be reminded that things don't always follow that line and it's okay. Um, but, you know, I think we're venturing into the messy, like as long as the messy stays on the timeline, like it can be smeared a little, but it's got to stay in its little place. But, yeah. you know, like that's the part of you being our mentor of leading us through that. Like, cause that's the icky part for us. Cause we're like, everything's planned. Like mm-hmm. today is Wednesday, tomorrow's Thursday. We've got it checking it off. Um, yeah. But it's okay. But that- but that leads to problems when you start missing just a little bit of a deadline because mm-hmm. of things outside of your control. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it, it, if, you, if you feel like everything has to be on that timeline, then any little delay can spiral you. Like you can start right. thinking, oh my gosh, everything from here on out is a mess. Yeah. And it doesn't like, have to be like that. Like quite for honestly. example, data collection. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like Getting it's surveys not always returned. easy to have people fill out surveys at the beginning of a, a year that's yeah. another yeah. pandemic year. It's not easy to data collect. Like, you know, the need of it. Um, but, you know, it's not always easy. So it's giving yourself grace to go, mm-hmm. okay, it's fine. Like, we're working on this mm-hmm. other thing while we do this thing. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's the part where, like, you speak of messy. I'm like, okay, that's the messy part that I'm good with because I know that's the growth part like I realized that now thank you doctorate program at App State like you know I realized when I'm uncomfortable I'm learning so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I okay, go ahead Kimberly sorry well I was just gonna say that one of the things that I'm finding as I'm starting to do data class so this week is my task has been to schedule meetings with teachers that are actually interested in co-teaching and I think, so one person I talked to specifically, it was, they were like, oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. I really wanna do it. Also, I don't think I have time. Like she is like grappling with the fact that right now teachers are, this is is harder than it was last year. And I think it's because this, the sand is always shifting on them. You know, there's some kids in quarantine, there's some kids that are just generally sick and there's some, you know, COVID protocol that all of a sudden got changed. And um, it's really interesting to try to do that data collection piece and try to try to do our due diligence of that. And at the same time, being very cognizant that this is not, this is still not normal. Things are not normal. And um, so that's something that I'm grappling with this week, but I do have someone who's super stoked that I just um, hope will definitely work out. Well, that, I mean, that's a very, um... That's a very telling uh, anecdote there because maybe because of my my background, I I don't necessarily always feel like oh the sands beneath my feet are shifting. I've got a I, I've got a fairly high tolerance for ambiguity, and so if things change, I'm like okay, like I don't fear what's on the other side of that change necessarily. I think of it as an opportunity, like, oh, let's see if we can make it be what we want it to be on the other side, rather than just deal with it when we get there. That's the that's a that's what leads to this the 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 fear is like you have this sense like you don't have any control of what's over there, but I think more pe- uh, people have more control over that than they might they might think that they have. Yeah, and my favorite one this week was you know a lady was like. I'm loving the iPads. Thanks so much, District, because we're going one-to-one. She's like, are you telling me that you will bring yourself in my classroom? I'm like, yes. She goes, your 
you will be another warm body in my room helping with these iPads and you will be here. I'm like, yes, I will be here in person, like live and in person. She goes, I want to book you for the whole year. And I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> she said, I will fill out anything you need me to fill out. And I will answer any questions you need me to. She goes, I want you here. She goes, I want to know all the things technology. Um, but oh, she was just excited. Awesome. She goes, I welcome you. Please come in. And of course, I stopped and went, and what grade do you teach? Okay, <laughs> she's kindergarten. I'm going to be like, ugh. But she's like third grade. I'm like, okay, cool, I'm in. But um, but it's <laughs> like, you know, I have found myself explaining, um, like meeting different teachers because changing over the role, it's, you know, I've, I have, like, I've been in the district for 15 years, but, you know, once you go, you know, district-wide, like you're meeting different schools and, you know, a few people here and there, but you haven't explained yourself. And, you know, at first it started out with the very formal kind of like what the job is, you know, the thing that they print out on the job description. And now it's the iPads you're getting, I'm here to help you. Um, I'm here to help you use those. I'm trying to take something off of you. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here to help. Because I think like Kimberly was saying, um, last year it was, let me make it through this year. Let me make it through the craziness of this year. And when we get to next year, it should be back to what we consider normal. Mm-hmm. And I think when this year started, there was hopes of that. And then, like you said, it changed and it's like, oh no, we are still where we were. So I kind of think that fatigue has set in. So just the word, I will help you. People are like, yes, someone said they will help me. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's the part that, you know, I have found that, you know, I'm having to build relationships along with telling them like what, you know, what my research is going to do or what our research is going to do and explaining to them, like, this is how we make change. Like, this is why we have research. Like, this is, this is how we make change for the better, or we stay doing what we're doing because it's, it is the best. Like, this is how we figure that out. Um, And, you know, I just think just the word help, just because it's, um, and in the elementary world, the word change is not okay. Like there is a set schedule, like it must be a set schedule and math is supposed to happen at this time and ELA is this time. And if somebody came in and said, you can teach it whenever you want, what? Like, yeah, but there's something, (laughs) but there's like, I think the tradition bound approach to that, there's a very yeah. particular reason for that. Kids need structure. Yeah. I, I know there's a, there's a certain amount of acculturation to mm-hmm. group dynamics and getting, stu- getting kids comfortable with working with other people, but it's also just like giving them the structure they need to function. Like, you know, if you, if, if you start messing around and math is going to be at like, you know, you know, it's going to be a 15 minute block here and a 30 minute block on Tuesday. And you're not going to have it on Wednesday, but you're going to double up on Thursday and it'll be entirely different next week. Then kids will be just like, oh, I don't get it. I, whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I and, might even be that. Oh, yep. yeah. And, you know, I saw a thing where like because my daughter's in sixth grade and it and of course, I went to the wonderful Facebook for my information, which I shouldn't get all my information. <laughs> anyway. You did your research. I know I did, you know, I, it has to be true. It was on my newsfeed. It has to be true. It's called newsfeed. I mean, come on. So it was like, it was saying, you know, in a sixth grader, their last like normal year was in third grade. And it like, it made me pause. And I went, Oh my goodness. Like, cause I was like, it's just, it's just this little blip in time. Like, you know, like kids are resilient. It'll be fine. And I went, wait, third grade I'm like so fourth grade and fifth grade and now she's in sixth and I'm like oh but then I went lower on the list of third graders have never seen a normal year and or you know and I'm like and then you know as I was visiting a school today then you wonder why the kindergartners are walking around like what's a line like where are we going but you know like I can't tie my shoe because they might've been at home and, you know, preschool was at home and, it, but it, it's, it's just eye opening when you think of that trickle down. So See, but I think there's some benefit to this, like as well, like we've, we've talked about like all of the negative part of the pandemic, but I was talking to my sister-in-law when I was visiting them up North 
and she was she was expressing how sad it was that my son, who graduated high school in 2020, how, uh, no, 2021, sorry, how sad it was that he didn't have like a regular like junior and senior year. And I was like, yeah, you know, that may be true, but later in his life, he's going to be able to look back and be like, I survived the pandemic. Like, you know, we all look back at our high school days fondly as if there's some halcyon days as like, you know, like there's special time in our lives. But, you know, 30 years from now, my son's going to be like, man, class of 2021, pandemic edition. And that's, there's, there's a uniqueness to that that no one will ever be able to take away mm -hmm. from him. And there's, if he learns the lesson of being like adapting and overcoming, then it's a very powerful tool in that, that he could use to leverage to his benefit later on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also think that my, my teachers have vocalized frustration because there are things that we learned from last year that we're just not utilizing, you know, mm. the fact that they're being asked to go physically be at PDs, like they have to drive over to another, they're like, we know how to do virtual stuff. Why are we not just let me be in my classroom space? I don't have to interact like, physically because there's a pandemic still. And like, there are lessons to be learned, but there's still like this push for the before times of what it was like. And I, I wonder if some of it is like, because it feels comforting to feel like, like we could pretend like this is, no, 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 we used to do it this way. So we can do this yeah. now. It's a rather comfort than, level. Yeah, rather than thinking innovatively. Whereas I also had first grade teachers that are like, we haven't introduced Seesaw at all because we're really scared of it. It, it kind of killed us last year to do it all the time. I'm like, okay, well, let's uh, bring the fun back to it. We don't have to, you yeah. know, we don't have to go back to the the way you you feel burnt out on it. So it's it's interesting how people are walking away knowing they have some tools that they can use, but I'm still trying to stick to to the before times. Yeah. Well, there's there's clearly the, uh, the this sense of nostalgia of like if all if if only we could go back to what we were doing before that's our comfort level like just uh, you know it it makes you feel like everything everything's back to normal I'm able to do exactly what I was doing before mm -hmm. but it's I would I would hate to think that five years from now we're thinking back man phew. We survived the pandemic. Now we can do worksheets again. And right. that's exactly. like, that, yeah. uh, like the, if the, uh, I keep saying this to my students, if the only thing that changes is that kids don't get snow days anymore, this will be like the worst pandemic ever. <laughs> A missed opportunity, right? <laughs> it, it, it will, yeah, well, cl clearly I'm making a light of it, but you know. <laughs> I, yeah. You have to look for the silver lining in these things. And it, there are silver linings here if we decide to take the lessons and move forward from them. Absolutely. Yeah, We've gotten happens. off task. We've gotten off the yeah. topic of your dissertation. Uh, it happens. It happens. Yeah, we do that often. But, and but even talking about Zoom, like, you know, I would say, like, yeah, I, you know, I have to go home. I've got class and, um, you know, I've got to Zoom in and people would be like, I don't know what she's saying, but that's the thing she does. You know, and then when the pandemic hit, everybody's zooming, and they're like, "That's how you go. That was how you go to class, and that's what you." Know, I'm like, "Yeah, online learning. That's what it is." And I, oh, like you can be at home and do that. I'm like, "Yeah, you can be at home and you know be with a group of people all over North Carolina learning." And they're like, "Well, I might try that." And I'm like, "Do it. Try it." But yeah, but it's not even just like, "Oh, I'm easy. I can do it in my pajamas in my bathroom." Yeah. Yeah. Or in, in the bedroom, hopefully yeah. in your bedroom or <laughs> wherever. But yeah. I think that it goes a little deeper than that because the two of you are a prime example of how mm -hmm. this doesn't just have to be like an isolating type of experience. Like mm -hmm. you've become friends and colleagues through this medium. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> where like that's just, it, it, it's an illustration of how how powerful these tools can be if they're used appropriately. Uh, but oftentimes they're not used appropriately. 
Yeah, yeah, and a lot of times they're like, you can't make connections on Zoom. I'm like, yes, you can. Like, absolutely. Yes, you can. And, you know, part of it is like, I think it's to me, I get to see people's face. Because if I sat in a class, I'm not ashamed to say I would be on front row in the center. Like, I am here <laughs> because I've always been that student. Always. Like, it's not shocking, surprising. Have. Like, <laughs> and I would have to sit in the same seat because I had claimed that seat and there's a whole rule there. See, there's that higher ed rule. There's a rule there. Like when you sit there once and that's your seat. And I would make sure because I'd come early, but, um, so that would be my seat. Um, so you, well, you would have hated me because I was the guy who would purposely sit in other people's no. seats. I would get there early just to sit in other people's seats and see how they reacted. That's not funny. well, not That's well. Funny. But I would well, never people are people are <laughs> people are averse to confrontation, so they would look at me like, "Oh my gosh, uh, I guess I have to sit somewhere else." I'd be like, "Oh <laughs> they my wouldn't god!" Say anything to the me. left or shift to the right. I gotta pick which side. That's like you know, right. the survey thing. Like I can't be in the middle. Um, but. I would have never seen a lot of people's faces and with you know you know all the different roles we have like our day job you know our home life and school like I'm sure it would have been over and I would have ran out like boom gone but mm -hmm. it gives us that time where you know I can be like Kimberly can we just like hash something out really fast she's like sure let's jump on Zoom like on a Saturday we jump on we talk about it we're done um mm -hmm. but it it like it, it's it's that using that tool in a different way, but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, if we want to bring it back around, but I think that's what like, Kimberly and I built that relationship and that networking of, like, we would compare, what does your district do? What does my district do? Like, what's some cool things you found to teach with? What's some cool things you found? Um, we also have conversations like, what is not working well? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. help me. Like, a lot of times I go to Kimberly and like, okay, I've had one of those days. So I need to like talk it out with someone mm -hmm. like me because oftentimes in schools, we're the only one like mm -hmm. us and we start geeking out and people are like, please go geek out alone. Like, I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. Like, but, um, but you know, it, it, it just built that like when we, mm -hmm. you know, started um, on our concentration and, you know, I, like, I couldn't see doing it with anybody else. And I am so grateful she's with me because there's times like the QEs probably felt like the loneliest time. Like, and we talked about this, it, it just felt like you were on your own. And I know I'm like a grown up, and I'm supposed to be like, okay with being on my own, but I didn't want to be a grown up. Like, I was <laughs> like, you know, we were like, we're going to do this, you know, you do yours and I'll do mine and then we'll read them later. And, you know, I kept thinking, if Kimberly were reading this, what would she say? Like, would, what, what would she say? Like, what word am I using that she would point out that I've used too many times? So, so it's I'm interesting too, It's interesting how we developed, you know, professional relationships because we had, you know, coursework that we were in and we were in every, I don't think there was a class we weren't in together nope. since 2018. We've been in every class together and many times we've gotten paired off together. And I don't know if that's because they're like, oh, the tech nerds put them together. I don't know. <laughs> or if it's together. just the universe saying we need to be together, it's fine. But through all those interactions and collaborative opportunities, that's where we started to actually have a friendship and get to know each other. And I don't know if, if, I, I just don't know that if we had that face-to-face, -face, if we would have had such an opportunity, because like you said, we would like, okay, it's six o'clock. I got to run back home. You know, I think that it would been, it would have been a different dynamic that, you know, I don't know if we would be on that same, on the same path of doing a co-dissertation. I, I can almost guarantee you would not be. Yeah. Uh, because here's the thing I was that guy I was like I did a traditional dissertation I, I did a traditional doctoral program same kind of thing coursework then a test mm -hmm. then the dissertation and you know I wouldn't be able to pick anybody else out of my classes if they were in a lineup in front of me right now like mm -hmm. I would not be able to mm -hmm. the people I have the best relationship with are the people I've worked with as graduate students. We shared an office. We like we had the camaraderie of it. And we 
we like we shared that experience and that's what is missing oftentimes in a classroom setting is you don't get the experience of actually like needing to spend time with each other and being forced to outside of the constraints of the, the hour and a half long class or whatever it is mm -hmm, that you're in. Mm -hmm. It's, I think the world would be a, 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 a lesser place mm -hmm. if you would, if both of you had been in a, like a face-to-face -face dissertation. Mm -hmm. I think that you would have both been missing something you wouldn't even have known that you're missing. Exactly, exactly. But I have always tried to convince my husband that I need to live at app. And <laughs> really it's like take in like the student life and you know especially in the fall like you got to do it in the fall where there's the football games and stuff and get out of there when it gets really cold like like I love to ski but I like to ski when I'm prepared for the cold and then I like to get out of there but you know truly live the student life and yeah. he's like yeah no you've already you had be. that chance yeah. You might be able to convince your husband of that, but as someone who doesn't live anywhere near Boone, uh, yeah. you can't convince me of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I met someone for the first time today and they said they went to app for their undergrad and I was like, wow, I'm doing my, I've gotten my master's and working on my doctorate and I've only been to campus like once or twice. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. It is pretty great. Actually, here, listen, this, this makes it sound horrible, but Rebecca's right. Boone is a wonderful, beautiful town. It is fantastic. Um, I, I don't know if I'd want to live there just because it is a college town. And mm -hmm. it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit frenetic during the semester and a little bit like, like just tumbleweeds outside of the semester. I could see that. Yeah. Totally yeah. And I specifically just want to live there during football season. So that'd be great because I love <laughs> college football. So, you know, I just want to live that life. But yeah, as soon as like, I'll ski the first weekend, but as soon as that, like, I got to go. Like, see you later. Back to, back to where it's a little bit warmer. But, um, but yeah. And, and part of like, you know, the experience of having, like, doing both of our things online is also being at app. And I think, App is a great college that you can push the boundaries and they're like more accepting a little bit like they'll welcome it. You got to prove yourself. Like, why do you want to push it? But, um, you know, because everything I've ever done is always to benefit myself and the career I'm already in. So when the master's program, I was like, wow, like working on projects, but it's also like excelling me in the classroom. Like it's making me a better teacher. And it's also making like it's also making like like a better career for myself. And then with the doc program, um, I was like, man, once I figure out what we're talking about, it's gonna make <laughs> me a better teacher. <laughs> like the concentration part, I was like, I'm rocking that because that's more tech stuff. I feel like that was like Masters 2.0. It's like, yeah, now you're doing the leadership part of project planning, like bigger. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then when I got the theory stuff, I'm like, okay, when I figure what I'm talking about out, <laughs> then I'm going to be great. And I remember telling Kimberly, I'm like, I don't even know what I said in class tonight. Like I said, the words help me know what I said, but <laughs> you know, and everything has benefited. Like you said, has been student centered. It's benefited myself as a student in my career and also benefited the student's in my mm -hmm. class and now like taking on a more leadership thing it's benefited my colleagues and where I work so you know I appreciate that about you know having a college that's like all right we're gonna keep our eye on you too but we'll let you push it you know as mm -hmm. long as you figure it out and I would love to say that our bound copy I wish they would do it in colored instead of just one color like you know because instead of hey, like you can all, only push so far, I know all the only go looking the same. You know why couldn't ours like a little bit of flare? Like why can't it be pink? I always wanted like the the thing I absolutely wanted. I wanted like the gold, like the edges to the paper, like the old style addiction. Uh, like you, you would pull the encyclopedia off and it had the gold yeah, like, yeah, on yeah. the on the edges fancy. of the paper. I wanted that, but they wouldn't. They were they weren't willing to do that. It wasn't an add-on option. No, no. 
<laughs> Although probably Old Dominion, if I'd pro if I'd offered to pay a thousand dollars extra, they probably would have found a way to do yeah, it. We'll figure oh, that out. Spray <laughs> paint sure. the edges. Spray paint the edges. That's yeah. the stem. That's the stem break. Just spray paint. They'll never know. <laughs> That's we'll just right. leave it outside so it doesn't smell later. But yeah. But yeah. Well, I am excited about the next few weeks to see where my planning with teachers will go. My principal has offered, not just because of this, but in general, grade levels to have extended planning time during the day. So she's helping them try to find some coverage so that, because that's one of the struggles with working with elementary teachers is that they've got like 30 minutes and then after school. Yeah. And so to try to find some times to where they have extended time where it's that 30 minutes and then a lunch recess, they really get two hours um, and then I can hang out and help process some things out. So I'm excited about and also appreciate my school leadership team for wanting to find that for teachers. Um, I'm going to be working with um, a fifth grade departmentalized team for social studies because social studies standards are new. And they feel really overwhelmed by, because there is no pacing guide right now either. And so helping them with the instructional facilitator pace it out. But then one of them really wants to do podcasting with their students in order to help center student voices. So I talked to this teacher last spring, which kind of spring loaded my dissertation problem statement <laughs> after talking to this fifth grade teacher. She was like, I listen to podcasts and I listened to this one podcast and I had no idea about this certain group of people. And as a white woman, that really helped my lens and my students where they can speak their own voice and truth so they can learn about each other. I was like, yes, asset-based lens, using technology, all the things. And so she wants to, she wants to do that. And I was afraid of asking, because again, I'm afraid of like, asking teachers to do stuff right now if they're like completely tapped out but she is interested as well as the other social studies teacher so I'm excited about that one and what that planning will look like that sounds exciting yeah yeah I'm a big fan of podcasts like the idea of you know uh, giving people a little bit of ownership of their own stories that's a powerful thing mm -hmm. and it it's there's such a low like it's, it's not even just a perceived low barrier to entry to this. It's, there is an actual low barrier to entry. You don't need much to get out there. You, the, the, the problem is that people have like a misperception of the expectations. Sure. Oh, I'm gonna become internet famous with my podcast. If you go into these things expecting that, you're invariably gonna be sad because that happens. That's like deciding you're going to be in the NBA and being like being unhappy when it doesn't happen. But if you go in thinking, no, I have something to say, and there's there's uh, I value the time spent together and hanging out and having a good time and like telling our stories, then it doesn't really matter who's on the other side listening to it. If you find an audience, great. If you don't value the experience itself and i think that teachers could take that and really run with it if they think that way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's just that whole like shift of thinking you know it's mm -hmm. it's considering what you haven't considered before and then go oh yeah and you know when kimberly and i started this podcast we were like you know we're just going to document our journey and then the cool thing about it is, like you said, you listen in just to see what we're like, just see if we're like, you know, Patrick <laughs> this week, like now we're going to have yeah. to add uh, that, now we're uh, going to have to add that segment in. <laughs> Patrick this week. Patrick <laughs> we'll add like sound effects, but what's, what's really cool about it is when you listen to it and we come to like our meeting, like where we're, you know, uh -huh. the planning meeting, you're like, I heard something that you guys said. And we're like, what do we say? what we said <laughs> like what was it but it, it's like a platform to you know document our journey but also you know it it's you know if we're being trailblazers in this for later when somebody says how did it all start and we like you know once we put the tam hats on and we like forget all things like the rose colored glasses <laughs> like sure we did that like huh, yeah. but it, it's just we will have this set aside to go 
that's what we did like that's where we started that was the episode where we thought we knew what we were doing and then we sit that next week and we didn't know what we're doing but then we figured it out and we worked through and it's like we said before it's unedited it's just us um you know being honest and open um about the process but i think that i think that is the the greatest thing about this podcast is that students who are going through a doctoral program often like they understand what it takes to do the coursework they're good students they've they've under they've learned the game of education they can live their life a semester at a time and not be stressed at all not in any real way they might be stressed about a particular paper or something but they know the rules but the, the like when you transition out of coursework and into the dissertation those rules go out the, the out the window and people are kind of just like it's it, it's like putting them on an ice flow and setting them adrift like go be free <laughs> and you know wonder stu- like students are like like they're they're re- reacting as if like oh my gosh i have to figure out this entire thing by myself what you're doing is you're documenting what that ice flow village, uh, what that ice flow jo- voyage mm-hmm. is and it, what it looks like from the inside. Meanwhile, if people are watching this from the outside, they can feel a little bit better about, oh, I'm not alone in this. Other people have gone through it. Intellectually, people understand that. Other people have gone through the dissertation process that's successful. But we always, yeah, we live our own life and we, you know, we understand all of the difficulties we have. We like we sit in traffic, and we like we don't have enough time to do this, and we have trouble with our kids, and like all of this stuff. Whereas, what we're seeing other people, it's like their best life. We see, you know, their vacation pictures, and you know, like their well-behaved children who are like, you know, smiling in every picture. Now my Facebook feed never lies. Like they are well-behaved children. They're living. Yeah. Yeah. And so we always said, but it's not even just like Facebook. It's just normal. Like we curate our existence so other people see a a a a non-true image of what our lives are like. What what you're doing is you're opening up that box a little bit and sh- giving other people a peek inside of that process so that they can feel a little bit better connected. And if other students take advantage of this and listen to this podcast, I think it will help them feel less afraid of the process itself. Mm-hmm. So I applaud you for the work you're doing. I think it's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, because we are not sugarcoating anything. I mean, we have gone through like every step and we are honest and open of you know when we thought like I just loved how we thought like we were like we nailed our problem statement (laughs) and then and then the next episode we're like we knew nothing (laughs) and then I think one episode we just sat in we don't even know I don't even know you don't know I don't know what's happening now (laughs) yeah We're spiraling out of control, but we're okay. And then the next one, we're like, we got our lives together, everyone. Um, but I think it helps to see that because I will tell you, um, Kimberly wasn't able to make it to orientation. So I didn't have my buddy. Mm-hmm. So I walk in this room where everyone's dressed up and everyone's looking like we have applied for the doctorate program. So everybody has like, you know, and they're going around the room going, I'm an administrator here and I'm an administrator there. And I'm like, uh, I wish Kimberly was here. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I'm an instructional technology and I'm a K-5 STEM teacher. And I was like, woo, you know, <laughs> you know, they're going around the room and I'm sitting there going, what am I doing here? And I remember texting her going, I'm taking notes, but it's going to take me a minute because I had to get myself together because this is a little bit much. And we met, you know, previous students and they told us about, you know, their dissertation process still hasn't sunk in because I'm just like, okay, that's at the end of the road. So I'm just going to focus on the now. And I just kept remembering going, I've got to feel where I fit in. And there was on the panel, there was a guy that was like, listen, he's like, let me tell you about my journey. And I was like, I got to listen to him. And he was so honest and open. And I was like, I appreciate that because mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm, I know I think I can do this and I've got Kimberly and like you know build off of each other but 
you know, this is like very scary, like coming in the room already. But now I've got somebody that's open and honest. He's like, you can do this. He goes, if I did it, y'all, you guys can do it. And, <laughs> you know, I thought about that and I thought that, that was so powerful for me. So as we started this, I was like, hopefully there's somebody that listens and goes, oh, well, they made their way through it. And, it, you know, it wasn't like everything was all planned and everything was all perfect. And then it just happened. And then you just go, that's it. And from the out, but being able to like peel it back and go, this is the steps that we took. This is the missteps we took. This is, this is when we did the U-turn and came back and went a different mm -hmm. direction. But, you know, that honesty to me spoke volumes that day. Yeah, I th I th that's very powerful because I, um, I think oftentimes academics who are serving on committees, they're, they're a little bit removed from the actual process themselves. They've, they've, they've been professors for however many years and they understand what it takes to write a dissertation. And so they approach it very analytically. Um, myself, on the other hand, I tell my students all the time, like, listen, I had every excuse in the book to not finish my dissertation. I, while I was doing my dissertation, I had a brand new child, a brand new marriage, a brand new house, a, do, a new job where I had to commute an hour and a half each way every day. I had all of the built-in excuses that you need to end up throwing your arms up and being like, it's just not in the cards for me. Like, I'll, I'll, I guess I'm gonna end up ABD. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, um, luckily I got myself organized well enough to finish, but I'm not so naive to think, oh yeah, there's something special about me to get this done. It's just like, I, I view myself and my role in a doctoral program in working with doctoral students as an object lesson to show it's difficult, but possible. It's not, it's mm -hmm. not impossible. You set your own barriers in place and you can either use them as roadblocks or as ramps and that's really all it, it comes down to like if you want a ramp then you just hit the roadblock and go like yeah. but you're the one by and large putting that barrier in your own way and like i had all like i said i had all those barriers and i fair like i i would have hated it but I would have eventually accepted being ABD. Um, but it, it like, I, 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 I don't know how interested you are in this, but I, I, I really only got organized when I saw people I had helped through their coursework finishing. And <laughs> I had one of those things like, oh no, if that dude can finish, I know I can finish. Like, I, I'm not gonna be the, the guy who like doesn't finish this thing. And I buckled down and I, but, you know, I went through a system and I don't know how App State d did this for you, but the system I went through did not really do a good job of preparing me for what a dissertation is. They did a really good job of preparing me of like the, all the coursework, the theory, all of that was good. Mm -hmm. I was, I was prepared that way. But when I transitioned into the doctoral, pro, like the dissertation phase, I got a, I got a two hour session on this is what a dissertation is, go. And I'm like, what? Like that, and beyond that, it was just on my committee to help me. And Dwight loved the guy to death, but he's not a detail-oriented person. Like, he would tell me all the time, he'd be like, you know, turn whatever you got in. If it was up to me, I'd give you the doctorate <laughs> right now. And I'd be like, that doesn't help me make other people happy. <laughs> it doesn't help me at all. Like, and I had another person on my committee who, God bless this person, was detailed enough to mm. actually sit and give me feedback on stuff to tell me, no, this is what a dissertation lit review is. What you have done is not this. You need to do this. And it was it, like, it was an epiphany to actually be able to finish because mm -hmm. of that person's feedback. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important that we keep having conversations like this because Absolutely. I don't want you to feel like, oh, well, you're telling me one thing, this person's telling me another thing. I don't have any idea of what's happening. So like, I'm gonna do my best and hope. Hope, mm -hmm. hope isn't a good strategy. Nope, nope. 
I do have, I do remember at the beginning when they told us that, you know, a traditional uh, dissertation is going to be 275 pages long. And this is like <laughs> the first semester. And I yeah. remember going into a, a meeting with some friends and they're like, how's the doctorate work? Apparently I've got to do 275 pages. Nobody told me this. This was before, like I wrote more than however many pages that I do now, yeah. but you know, to, it's so hard at the beginning to be told this information, to have any context and conceptualize yeah. it. And it really wasn't until we went through this prospectus process that I really felt like I've got a good pulse on what I was doing. And that's what that process was, but I didn't realize that that's what that process was going to do for me. Um, so it's really interesting because I think people could talk about dissertations and can do presentations, certainly more than just like a two hour thing. But like, I think that I needed more context of what that was going to look like then at the very beginning of my first yeah. fall semester, just to be told out of the gate, you're just going <laughs> to write a long thing. But I think yeah. the coolest thing was when app opened where you could watch dissertations because yes. I loved it, even though I had this whole thing where when they would announce them that it's doctor in their name, I would tear up didn't know these people I'd be like oh my god he did, they did it oh my god you know and of course like it's usually in the morning so I'd have an airpod in and I'm like doing this and the kids are like you okay I'm like I'm fine I'm, I'm totally fine I was just yawning a lot it's fine like everything's fine everything's good and you know I'm over there going yes you did it and they're just looking I'm like everything's fine um but I think that helped me because that put it into like, mm -hmm. and I've said this before, I had this total misconception. I thought that you had a committee that was like your cheerleading committee, like we got you. And then you go into this big auditorium of like <laughs> all the professors in App State. Now, why? I don't know. I believe. And they were all there and they were going to judge whether you knew what you were doing or not. And you could like go back. It's kind of like boxing. And like, they could tell you like, yeah, you're doing good. Like, you know, try this, like, you know, don't forget that you did this and then you go back out there and you just present. And then you had this big vote, like a jury. I don't even know. But when I saw the first one, I'm like, wait, I had totally had that wrong. And I'm like, we're like practically going to use the research work that we do to make a difference. And then I'm like, well, that makes sense. Well, I don't know. You got a pretty good idea. Maybe we could switch it up a little bit. Maybe we could do this. I'm pretty sure we could get everybody together at like a departmental faculty meeting and you could present your dissertation. signs of their yeah. score. Yeah. Yeah. You got, yeah. <laughs> the German judge gives them a one. Oh, yeah. no. And it's like, okay, you've got this. We've got one more round. Like, don't fall over. You can do <laughs> I also love that you still like, went into a doctoral program thinking that's what's going to happen you're like I'm in like let's do this like <laughs> sure sign me up and then Kimberly's like but we have to write pages it's gonna be fine it's gonna be us defending this thing like we've got the whole college like why would the whole college like gather I'm all gonna be there but yeah it. but I'm loving that, it. yeah that was like the turning point for me I'm like oh we're doing research and defending why we want to make change and figuring out like the change we need to make like oh but um but yeah like you said Kimberly it wasn't until the prospectus when you had to spell it out like what you're gonna do and man that that paper right there is like I go back to it weekly mm -hmm. I'm like all right what did we say like okay that's mm -hmm. what we said now that's it's like your recipe it's like uh, but it, here's the problem like uh, viewing this uh, viewing this process from the outside, mm -hmm. um, I, I, I can see, yeah, like all we have to do is let them know early on that this is the way the process will work. But I also understand that people like actually take in that information in a legitimate way when it's most meaningful for them. Mm -hmm. So true. like telling a doctoral student, oh, you can expect to write a 275 page dis dissertation their first semester, is I mean that's more to scare you than anything. Like that's like it's not even accurate. Well, I think it's they really... were trying to weed us out. Yeah, <laughs> but it's. I was like... too busy focusing on the battle, like the gauntlet's going yeah. down. Like Kimberly's like, we gotta write papers. Yeah. I'm like, 
we have got to like go in this battle that we're gonna do. Yeah. No, I, I'm thinking of this as like there's there's a chicken playing with a, you know a horse that is pushing a cart that has an egg in it. There's <laughs> eggs, chicken, like everything's before the like you, you never know what yeah. kind of order things should be in, yeah, and yeah. it's just like uh, you know things happen when they're supposed to happen quite mm -hmm. often, mm -hmm. and. All of this stuff about problem statements, I could have told you, we could have gone through that exercise, mm -hmm. you know, four years ago, two years ago, yeah. whatever. But it really takes when it's like at that point where you're like, yep. oh, I get it now. I've got all the context of what happened before. Now, mm -hmm. this is the thing like I have to, I, I, it clicks for you where it might not have before. Exactly. Exactly. Whew. Well, I'm grateful for where we are now. Yes. You should be. You're doing a fantastic are. job. Thanks. I, I, I feel pretty proud of us and where we're headed. And um, yeah. Th thanks so right. much for sharing your, your, your story. I think that was really valuable for us to hear. We've known you for yeah. so long and there are pieces yeah. of that story I hadn't heard before. So that's always awesome. Hey, I'm an open book. I, I, I keep telling people as an academic, I am happy to talk at you for hours and an hours and hours and hours, but <laughs> Listen, I, 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 I tell these stories mainly to show that, you know, this is a possibility and it doesn't have to be a boring traditional approach, you know. Um, while, I, yes, I did the five chapter dissertation officially, like that was my, that was what my appendix was in my dissertation was a five chapter dissertation. It doesn't have to like be that way. You can, you can do meaningful and useful work that sets you up for your career, sets you up for the long-term that you can feel proud about. And you can do different and exciting things as long as you get everybody on board with it ahead of time. Yeah, and I have and to I, say that we're very thankful that you were like, yes, I will I will come and help steer this ship, even though <laughs> yeah. you're like, we're like, we're off course, but we're back. We're, we're, but I mean, it, it's, it, yeah. And I didn't realize, Kimberly, that we have always had classes together. I, that's mm -hmm. and we even did our internship like the same time like mm -hmm. we were like we have to do an internship but it's got to be together but um but we're just mm -hmm. very thankful that you joined us um as our dissertation chair and joined us on our podcast and happy to be here thank you, you. Know, and we appreciate that and you know the work going forward so um those people that are tuning in now or maybe later um will know mm -hmm. the journey until we reach the final end, which is going to be so exciting. Um, so awesome. Keep thinking about that every yeah. night. It tells me the countdown. We're down to 200 something days <laughs> per se <laughs> to that yeah. to that ambitious goal that we have. Mm -hmm. yeah. great. We will be well, 2022 graduates. I'm not going to say mm -hmm. spring or fall, but that's the year. That's it the will year. Happen. That's well, right. I'm 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 proud of the work that you've done. I think that you're 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 moving in leaps and bounds, and you're you've not only set an adventurous timeline for yourself, but you're doing it. Like it's not like a lot of people will say, "Yes, I want to be done by then," and then let life get in the way. You're you're not. You're organizing stuff, and so I'm I'm proud to be associated with the two of you, and I'm 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 really looking forward to 2022 when I get to like. Uh, get up on stage and 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 frock you both and we'll have the hats so awesome and give you the hats and all I'm that i'm so excited about it i didn't pre-order mine but it's coming um but thank you for joining us on our podcast through our lens and until next time and next time we have another member of our committee dr cheney dr cheney so she's going to be with us so again thank you for joining us and that is our episode for tonight <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,